Welcome back to a Geek Explained Extra series that we're calling Watching the Watchmen, where every week we sit down and we review the newest episode of HBO's Watchmen TV show. I am your first co-host, Eric Azana. And I am the second co-host, Christopher Carter. And tonight we are reviewing a ridiculous episode. Last week we talked about how we had done more notes than we have done this entire season. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way that we're going to do more notes again because (laughs) last week had so many reveals and then I'm, and I'm looking at the notes right now and I did more notes this week (laughs) than I did last week. Yeah. Did you do more notes oh, than you, you did know, the, this yeah, week I would, last I, week? I, I would say that I have definitely a few more notes at least okay, than I cool. did last week. And I want to say that I think we kind of jinxed it because... We totally did. We, like, last week we're talking about how we're going to finally have an episode that doesn't have a lot of, like, backstory and stuff. <laughs> and this entire episode was backstory. <laughs> and um, we just have more, and there's still unanswered stuff. It's oh interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah, so anyway, we are reviewing episode eight entitled A God Walks Into a Bar. And I'm going to put a little like (laughs) asterisk on that. I'm going to put a subtitle. So my full title for this episode is A God Walks Into a Bar, colon, a tragedy. (laughs) Because, oh my God, this episode was so freaking good. Oh yeah, it was a good one. And um, like we did last week, and we're trying to make sure we do every week, um... We're going to talk about the title first. Mm-hmm. So, A God mm-hmm. Walks Into a Bar. What do you take from that title? So, I mean, right away it was like, oh, okay, joke, get it. We know that this God, this uh, Dr. Manhattan's going to walk into a bar. Mm. But um, that was just on first take. And then after watching the episode, I have more thoughts, of course. Okay, tell um, me. So, after watching it, now it's like throughout, you know, she like our hero is she's got like a lot of comedy you know what i mean like she has a lot of jokes she's, she's so pretty sassy good. and stuff so it's like he actually had a few moments where he you know was like huh he like you know he was he, <laughs> yeah. huh. and we have plenty of commentary commentary from Lori being like you've never had a sense of humor and then we even hear adrian oh, bite at one point later on be like yeah that he he was like oh you're laughing now like this must really be a lady or something like that you know what i mean wow. so i yeah. was like oh that's funny that even the the title has like a joke in it you know what i mean oh, so i totally forgot about Lori making that yeah. comment that's yeah. so oh yeah why am that's i good why don't we tell you these jokes you never had a sense of humor you know oh, that's amazing <laughs> I make her sound like the bitchy ex there, by the way. Well, I mean, she kind of is, like, in a way, right? Um, and I think it's really interesting because I I took the exact same way you did. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at it because we we still have, like, the, the screen with the thumbnail and everything up. Yeah. Perfect thumbnail for this yeah. episode, by the way. Um, it's yeah. just his feet, the Dr. Manhattan mask on the ground. Uh, definitely after the uh, Manhattan celebration of the day. But I'm looking at it, and it says, a god walks into a bar. And my eye is drawn into a bar. Angela's last name is Abar. Oh! A god walks into a bar. So I I have no idea if that was intentional. My goodness. But I just... It really just, there's so many layers to this show. You know, I've totally looked at that too, though, because then there was a moment, um, because it's, uh, 
Oh, um, Calvin and stuff too. Like I, I've, I've mm-hmm. definitely looked at her name before and been like Angela Abar, and then yeah. it's like, is it Calvin Abar? And I was like Calvinaber, <laughs> Calvinizer. I don't know. It was like the weirdest <laughs> thing. I remember looking at this and being like, "There's got to be something to these names." <laughs> <laughs> so it's so funny that it walks into Abar. And I think that that has a lot to do with something that we praise every single week, and yes. that is. The writing. Yeah. The writing is so good. There were so many moments in this episode where I was just like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, Okay. Because if there was a single episode that I could point to that rewards you mm -hmm. for paying attention throughout the entire season, it's this one. Oh, yeah. If you pick up on little things like the Lori comment. Yeah, exactly. um, Like multiple different uh, little pieces throughout the season, you will... Oh, you're rewarded in yes. this episode because there's so much payoff. There's so much um, done in this episode to not only give you the answers that we've been waiting for this yeah. entire season, but mm-hmm. also to give us answers to questions we did not even have. No, exactly. And then it's it, even, I mean, just as an example, I wrote down this note because I was like, this, it was just a random off comment. But again, when Dr. Manhattan goes to visit uh, Adrian and, um, he says something about there's a lady in your life and he's like how'd you know and he says let's just say an elephant told me and even at that comment i was just like what why an elephant (laughs) because you know what i mean it's just like what and it's uh, yeah and all of it has um all of it has a lot of payoff for this episode but not just narrative payoff i think also um when it comes to a performance payoff. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that we've really praised throughout this entire season is Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who has played Calvin, Mm -hmm. uh, Angela's husband, from the very first episode. We were like, dude, this guy's so good. And I just, I really hope that... A, he doesn't die in this season, mm-hmm. and B, he gets more to do. From the yeah, very first episode, right. we were like, okay. And this episode, they I guess they just saved him right? for all of these episodes like, to now because, oh door, my bro, God. We'll get to it. <laughs> he's, he's everywhere, yeah. like both literally and figuratively, <laughs> being Dr. Manhattan. Um, yeah. He's so good in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's really, uh, it's really interesting to me because they... Dr. Manhattan is front and, front and center. Mm-hmm. Like, he is center stage yeah. in this entire episode. And I, it didn't really occur to me until later on, but we are pretty much viewing the entire, all of the flashbacks of this episode, and there are plenty of flashbacks, yes. through his perspective. Oh, my god! All of it. So they're not even, like, flashbacks, you know what I mean? Like, no. their current time or exactly. whatever. Exactly! <laughs> it's just, the writing is so good. <laughs> Um, but there's like a, a couple key things that I really wanted to talk about. First off, um, want to get your take on this. When he is just Dr. Manhattan, John mm-hmm. Osterman, uh, the Dr. Manhattan that we're familiar with from uh, the original Watchmen story, mm-hmm. there's no reveal for his face. We never actually mm-hmm. see his face. There's no. one shot where he's pretty much obscured. His face is completely blurred. Yeah. And that's like the closest we get to seeing yeah. his face before he becomes Cal. Totally. Um with the comment, because later on when he goes and he talks to um, Adrian, mm-hmm. and Adrian makes a comment about appropriation. Yes. Um, what do you, how do you feel about the fact that we didn't see his Anglo-Saxon face? Yeah, right? I, I mean, for me, it was it was kind of a smart choice, I would say, because, um, you know, we've 
it's like, what do you do in that case? It's like, you're going to have to get a different actor, right? Like you're not using mm -hmm. the same actor from like that we've seen either in a movie, which they have like kind of taken things from here. You know what I mean? Right. Or like, you know, I, I don't know. For me, it was like a good choice in that sense, because I do think even if this um, series has followed the comic more than like the, um, the movie made in the 2000s, I forgot. Absolutely. Year, but it's Absolutely, like, yeah. even if it, yeah, even if it follows that more, I think we just, as an audience, automatically put these faces to it. Like, right. even when Lori got brought up, I just automatically saw the girl that was in, like, her younger self who was in the movie, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I associated that and was like, oh, yeah, I could see them as the same person. Like, I think there's just something in us that does that. And I know even um, when I went and saw uh, Dr. Sleep, for instance, mm -hmm. which it was like a Shining um, sequel, sequel uh, they brought back characters and they had to play different actors. And it, no matter what, like knowing like they still had to do it and stuff, it still like it took me out of it for just a moment. Like it still was like, oh, yeah. it's not quite who I want it to be. And so right. for this, I was like, oh, I think that was really a smart idea to not show his face, to mm. not, because I think we have a different association with it. And even if it is just comics, you may have an association there of like what his face looks right. like. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the, the choice. I was good with it. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I think because we've gotten so attached to Cal throughout mm -hmm. the season. Yeah. And later on, we do get to see that after he, I guess, uh, reawakens as Dr. Manhattan, he keeps Cal's face, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Yeah, smart choice. Of that. Um, both from a narrative perspective as well as a production perspective yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I, I really dug it. I really liked that it, it made him feel otherworldly. Mm -hmm. It made him feel like he's a god. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we could talk, you know, for hours about, you know, religion and just like, oh, this nameless, faceless, powerful force that, yeah. you know, looks down on everybody. Um, and he absolutely does that over the course of this episode. But when we get to put a face to him, mm -hmm. it humanizes him. Yeah. And we get to see... Because, at least for me, watching this, when he became Dr. Manhattan again after waking up, yeah. using quotations for podcast listeners, um, <laughs> I still saw Cal. Mm. I saw aspects of him. Yeah. And even when he first turned into Cal, you know, you get that, okay, here he is. <laughs> that's who he's been this whole time. Yeah. But we get this, um, we also get a look back. We do see his face, his original face, back as a child. And we get yes. a key into his childhood that his... Um, him and his parents were uh, immigrants from Germany. Yeah. Uh, his father was a Jewish immigrant, and there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of implications when it comes to that. Oh yeah. Um, but what I really thought was interesting is that we got um, a look into him because even in the comic, we never saw his childhood. We saw him as an adult, and then as you know, his accident, and then mm -hmm. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. So seeing him as a child, seeing him. Um, Still in his formative years, uh, I thought was really interesting, especially when we talk about um, the other children that we've seen throughout this season. We've seen Angela as a child, and we've yeah. seen her grandfather, Will. Yes. So yeah. counting the three of them, it's just been the A-bars as children. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I also really, really dug on... Uh, Again, this goes back to the point about uh, the writing, just uh, his omnipotence and his viewpoint on time. Yeah, We yeah. mentioned it with all the flashbacks being in uh, his perspective. Yeah. And I loved all of the moments because, and they happened in the comic too, but uh, the moments where he would be like, it's 10 years ago or mm -hmm. it's it's 1985. I'm yes. having this conversation with you. Yeah. And as someone who, I d have you read... 
the, the comic not like no like i've okay. briefly seen like um issues briefly like not, okay cool yeah, fully. well he would have those moments like ev like every scene he was in <laughs> so how did you feel about like that um i guess that and in a dialogue sense mm -hmm. and then also in service to the narrative to the scene that yeah. he would that those moments were taking place in because he jumps around a lot oh gosh a lot yeah but i think it it did i think they did a really good job of making that work completely like if anything they used it even more as a device for like comedy which i thought was really good you yeah. know what i mean and even it was it was like we would be in um sort of a flashback scene for a while and then we would pop back to the bar and it when you know we'd been gone so long that i was like oh my god like the fact that he's sitting there basically telling her all this or whatever you know what i mean it was just because um, it's all happening yeah like that was <sighs> yeah. really entertaining to me and i mean because I know they talk about writing and like flashbacks used as a device in writing. A lot of times people call it like lazy writing because they, mm. they're just like, you know, you have to like, it's, you know, oh, let me just put this in and now they have a backstory. But the way that they've done it throughout the show, I've always like really enjoyed. I haven't ever felt like it was lazy writing. And then especially in this episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, like I said, you feel, you feel like you are him at, at times. Like you're not feeling like it's a flashback. I mean, I don't know. I was furiously taking notes, but that's just me trying to keep up. Like, right. Yeah, it, it was hard right. because yeah. like I, even I like, and I took more notes than I've ever taken for an episode. But at the same time, like I was having to like make edits like to my oh, notes because I'm yeah. just like trying to know, like, keep my eye on the TV. <laughs> and you were even talking because we, uh, we, we basically, we watched the episode in the dark and um <laughs> You do, you told me like some of your notes like you can't even I like can't make them. out. And it, I have no idea. And I think that speaks a lot to how engrossing the episode is oh, because gosh, when yeah. you get like high concept like this, yeah. very sci-fi, yeah. um, it can be easy to lose your audience. Oh my gosh, yeah. And this, I feel like they did. They were great with it. It, it kept you in it more. If anything, I think mm -hmm. it, you know what I mean because they weren't using these flashes as something of like okay let's tell a little backstory about this it was more like no we're gonna have answers in this or like there is like we're building for something else too like there was always something going on in them it's you know they say flashbacks too can sometimes take you out of like your main story right but it's like for me i was like no i felt very much more engrossed like this episode flew for me but when absolutely and i was like that's the end like how uh, much time passed like yeah it was crazy like i th i thought for sure there was a moment where um they were uh they i almost thought for a moment when they kind of caught us up to present day mm -hmm. after she had taken the inhibitor oh, yeah. out of his head, where I was like, is that just where we're going to end? Like, How oh, long God. has it been? How long has this episode been? <laughs> and then like we actually continue on. I was like, yeah. okay, good, 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 good. Because you're, like, you're right, this episode absolutely flew by. Yeah, and totally. we started so... Um, I would say slow, mm -hmm. not in yeah. like a negative sense, but no, they but... like really took their time to build. Yeah, And we pick up in... Uh, in Vietnam in 2009, yeah. uh, Angela is still living there. <laughs> yeah, so t so tell 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 the listeners like what what that note was. I, like from what I can read, I think this is S A V I D Savid. Savid. <laughs> I don't know, but fall. I think it's the word fall, and then 2009. So you guys tell me what that yeah. means because I, so, I have so, no idea. So so it was fall 2009 in Savid <laughs> Vietnam. Clearly, uh, <laughs> and um. We pick up with Dr. Manhattan just showing up 
We don't know why he's there at first. Um, he walks down the street, picks up the mask. And one thing that caught my eye mm-hmm. that I, I want to know if you caught too, as he was walking towards the bar, because we saw in... Um, was it last episode when we were going through uh, Angela's flashbacks, um, the Vietnam celebration, oh, the yeah. murals of Doctor Manhattan? Yeah. They drew a dick on his yeah, on his did. art. The, I have it in my notes as graffiti dick. Graffiti um, dick. It doesn't yet. I don't think it counts as <laughs> a blue as, count. as a blue dick sighting. So we're still at one, but. I mean, the outline technically, was yellow, but I mean... <laughs> technically, we're going to get there. Right. So this leads into what is uh, commonly known in uh, romantic comedy writing as a meet-cute, mm, where uh, right. Dr. Manhattan, a god, walks into a bar, and <laughs> he meets Angela for the first time, who has, as she promised in the, fir- in the previous episode, uh-huh. become a cop yes. living in Vietnam. Yeah. And I loved their interactions. I know. Like, their chemistry as uh, as Angela and Cal is has been so good throughout mm-hmm. this entire season. But I almost like their chemistry as Angela and Dr. Manhattan more. Yeah, isn't it crazy? I totally am with you. Like for the Angela Cal stuff, I was like, oh, they're like relationship goals and stuff. Yeah. But then it's like with them, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, I know they end up together, but I really want them to end up together. Yeah. Like, totally right away. And it's like even the present day scenes, and I have this in my notes a little bit farther down too, but like um, with a such a cold and distant uh, personality that Dr. Manhattan has, yeah. you almost have to have the opposite of... Be- being like a fiery like every single time like i loved every single time he would teleport away she'd be like motherfucker i know because she knows she has to go find him again like having that like a type personality that angela has really helps balance him and i think it makes all of their dialogue and their scenes just so snappy totally and the dialogue really sails through like we talked about the how fast paced this the episode was, and I think that had a lot to do with their dialogue because most of this, yeah. most of the episode is them talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's it's kind of it's it's funny to think about like how they must have wrote this, of course, and then figuring it out because that sounds insane. Just thinking about how they could figure out the storyline and then how to tell it. Yeah. Um, but her cynical, like Angela, and then against like this, just you know, very logical, just straightforward Doctor Manhattan. You know? Right. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh. Oh my oh, gosh. Hey, 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 man. Oh, that's not. Hey. Wait. Wait. Hello? So, wait, so Chris just walked into the room. Wait. wait. I thought almost... you I thought you were Chris. I. Whoa. Guys. Wait a second. <laughs> you introduced yourself as Chris earlier. Um, I might have been lying. Someone All right. All right. You're going to have to reveal just like Dr. Manhattan did. It's all Who? been a hoax, guys. <laughs> it's been she's been Doctor Manhattan the whole time. You're a woman. <laughs> Christopher Carter has actually been Jessica Morgan the whole time. Oh my god! Oh. So, <laughs> so we are now almost twenty minutes in. I think it's time that we introduce our our co-host, our special co-host for this week. Our guest co-host, guest host. Our special guest co-host for the week. 
Jessica Morgan, that's me. <laughs> Jessica Morgan. Jessica Morgan has is our special guest host for the week. Uh, Christopher Carter was at a work holiday function. Yes, and he clearly only just got home, and that would have been way late for them to sit down, watch the episode, do everything, because he has to work in the morning, too. Even though, according to Dr. Manhattan, time is relative. Time is relevant, though. So, but we wanted to make sure that we got the episode recorded because we're trying to keep a schedule here. So Jessica graciously mm-hmm. decided to step in and record. I'm really excited to talk about the rest of this episode with you. Oh, thanks. Um, she's, she's had a couple guest spots on the main podcast and it's yes, always been a good conversation. Yeah. So I was really excited to bring you on for this. Um, so getting back to what we were talking about with uh, Angela and Dr. Manhattan, me. I'm just, I'm thankful for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, going back to them, I yeah. thought it was really cool uh, in their opening scene together mm-hmm. that she brings up that she has had a grudge against Dr. Oh, Manhattan. Yeah. Wasn't that great? She's choice? like, if you knew anything about me, you would know that I hate Dr. Hate Manhattan. Him. And I was like, why would she hate him? And then she brought <laughs> step by step. Yeah. She was like, you know, 20 years ago, you know, Nixon brought Dr. Manhattan to Vietnam, 100 feet tall. He killed a bunch of people, including a boy's parents. That boy grew up and became a puppeteer who then bombed my parents. And I'm like, oh my God, of course she would hate him. Yeah, I had the reaction of like, oh yeah, she hates him. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) We clearly came to that at at different perspectives. Because yeah, for me, when they revealed that Kat was that and stuff, I just was like, oh my God, how do they meet? And then especially since we... We had found out that like her parents died and I just was like mm-hmm. that was like out of celebration for Dr. Manhattan in a sense you know what I mean or at least there was like a lot of memorabilia right and stuff. so I was like something is clearly going on oh my gosh there's noise <laughs> so I don't yeah that was um I don't know I kind of I kind of put that together a little bit but it's still it was so great that they included it and brought it up yeah and like, you know and then to kind of put them at heads there it's like yeah this interesting meeting where it's like how is Dr. Manhattan gonna win over again this very cynical very like uh you know I don't know she's just kind of sassy <laughs> yeah and she like she calls him Zeus and says that he's yeah. There she's like, is this laid. a Zeus situation where <laughs> yeah. you know? And she explains the Zeus, you know, the whole yeah. thing about Zeus being just the horniest god yeah. in Greek mythology. And I just, I loved that. I absolutely I loved that. I know that was um, really good. And then we go, we find out that six months down the line, um, or no, it's like two weeks. I think later she comes up with the idea where she wants him to have a face. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and this was like the first of multiple times throughout the episode where um, she like says something and he was like, well, it was your idea. I, right. Multiple times. <laughs> and this is where we actually meet Calvin Jelani. Now, mm-hmm. I want to make a quick thing yeah, about this because I, I, I'm sure that I'm the only person who has... Who cares about this? But um, <laughs> we've talked about before the uh, the Superman connections throughout this entire season. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the opening of the first episode being very, you know, kind of uh, pairing the destruction of Krypton with the Tulsa Massacre. Mm-hmm. With Will Reeves kind of being that Superman role. Him discovering 
uh, Superman through Action Comics. Yeah, the comic um, was a big one. That that was at right. least for me what connected it. I mean, they say it, but yeah, yeah it's still you were like, and oh, then Hooded Justice is. basically then, yeah. being their Superman, yeah. being the vigilante that inspired all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, and then Doctor Manhattan essentially kind of being their Superman, being the only like real super powered yes. um, character in that universe. Yes. I have been waiting because I. And this is just information about me that you didn't care to know about. (laughs) But I have always loved the name Calvin. Mm. I just think it's just a cool name. Especially because the shortened part of that is Cal. And those of you who know me know that I am an obsessive Superman fan whose real name is Cal L. His Kryptonian name. His real name is also Clark Kent. Uh, But... (laughs) Um, That's a real name, too. It is a real name. <laughs> Human names are real names. <laughs> uh, but I was... What's his mother's name, though? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, that was a bad joke. It's Sorry Martha. Bad joke. Why did you say that Why name? Oh, God. Um, I lost my train. I know. You're like, Cal, you've been waiting for... Yes. Okay. So, Cal. Yes. So, I was waiting for something to um, kind of spark why they would name him Cal. Because everything, and we've talked about this before, everything Mm -hmm. is so deliberate when it comes to naming things, when it comes to placement of things. Um, And I really love that his name, you know, Angela pulls out... Um, basically like these cadavers who were people who died under mysterious circumstances or they killed themselves, no next of kin, yeah. no um, uh, no something else, um, to give Dr. Manhattan a human identity. Yeah. And his name is Calvin Jelani. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look in, these, in this name, you can find Cal-L in them and and again no one's gonna care about this this probably wasn't even intentional (laughs) but i found it and i loved it (laughs) so um they end up using this dead guy's identity and his face and dr manhattan becomes cal Mm -hmm. um and the last real big thing that i have here from this initial conversation is how um Manhattan reveals to her at that first meeting, this first conversation, we're going to be together for 10 years and it's going to end in tragedy. Yeah. And I love tropes like that. Mm -hmm. I love narrative tropes where it's telling both you as the audience as well as the main character, hey, things are going to end really badly at some point. And I I love that. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to put that little, like, subtitle on the title of this episode. Because this really is a tragedy when you look at how attached you get to not just these characters, but their relationship mm-hmm. throughout the episode. Yeah. It is tragic what happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing, too, when, um, to use that kind of device. Because then I think you really have to, as, like, the writing team and everything, pull off, like having the audience still hope that it's going to turn out okay. Like, we are told, like, hey, like, it's going to end in tragedy. And yet, as the audience, we're still like, no, don't. No, but don't, <laughs> but please though. don't. You know, I know I think you've already the, made this. Yeah, that's the real task in it. Because otherwise, it's like, well, if you tell us how it's going to end, then why are we still watching? Or also, right. like, what do we have to root for, you know? So it is an interesting... Um, you know, little device, especially when they use it right. You yeah. Know? And she mentions that too. She was like, 
why like if this relationship's going to end in tragedy like why would he why would we even start and i love his response i love his response because he says well by definition don't all relationships end in tragedy but then doesn't he also say that nothing ever ends by the way oh conspiracies (laughs) right but no it was kind of that was a cool little moment because it it is like well yeah and then it's also again for him and his always like saying like well you know everything nothing ends right it doesn't yeah nothing ever ends and that was like the it was like one of the last lines in the original story Mm -hmm. because when everything's wrapping up yeah um the last conversation, and they mentioned this, that Vite and uh, Dr. Manhattan have before he goes to Mars. Yeah. Um, he says, like, well, basically, like, what's, like, this is the, like, what's the end game here? Yeah. And uh, Manhattan responds, nothing ever ends. Mm. And that was, I think, not just a really cool line to yes. put at the end of your comic book, right. but also talking about, like, no matter what, and this is, you know, true for comics just as a whole. Comics are a continuing story mm-hmm. constantly, even through like reboots and like crises and all the stuff that happens. Um, this story continues. Yeah. Watchmen was one of those exceptions mm-hmm. because there was an ending, but now we have this sequel show. Yeah. And I, this, this is a show that even though a lot of stuff is like, starting to wrap up i could easily see this show going on oh, yeah. for years i mean they could do a whole red scare spinoff and then red be scare so into it. <laughs> red scare moves to los angeles where he reunites with night owl and they become a two-man fighting machine both the night owl and the red scare fighting crime on the mean streets of los angeles oh, five goodness. seasons in a movie directed by Zack snyder oh, God. no i uh, but it's i i loved it and i yeah. loved also um we mentioned it before how the flashbacks and the flash forwards were handled mm. By kind of bringing them in as he talks about them in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved how they're, like, having this first conversation when they're talking. And he's like, six months from now, you're telling me to leave. And then yeah. it cuts over and they're having that conversation. But oh. it keeps cutting back. Yes, yeah. Throughout the episode, all of this other stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. But just like we talked about with him, this whole episode being in Manhattan's perspective. Yeah. It always comes back to that initial conversation yep. and i loved that yeah that was really nice like a nice little through line even we we get to jump to him creating life as the creator on yes the, uh, jupiter's moon or yes let's Europa. talk about that yeah because we finally um got some clarification oh my gosh we i needed this yes so much <laughs> and uh we also got because i have like an entire section of my notes that just like the header is reveals <laughs> and there's just a bunch of stuff like, like um the the mars decoy yeah i love that yeah. he hasn't been on mars for god yeah. knows how long yeah. but all of the because they we see throughout the season like oh news coverage we're watching yes. dr manhattan on mars yeah and you find out in this episode he hasn't been on mars for a long time yeah exactly. and the manhattan that's on mars is just a duplicate that he created that goes through just a preset yeah. um just like a preset event 
throughout mm-hmm. his days. Like, yeah. making, destroying things, making things again. I love that. That's so crazy. And it's like, of course he would do that. Yes, exactly. Like, that. Oh, yeah, they said it was 20 years after he said he went to Mars. Yeah. It was when they were meeting up now or something, right? Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I loved... I loved that and also finding out that the reason that he left Mars was because he wanted to create life. Yeah. And so he goes to Europa, Europa. which is a moon of Jupiter. I don't know if it's the moon of Jupiter or just a moon of Jupiter. That's a good question. But I know it, that Chris was talking about how it's like actually the most viable place for like life to go, like like from Earth. Really? Yeah, that it's like technically supposed to be like life on Earth is, you know, like that's if we were to go somewhere else to live, they say Europa is actually like the closest to like earth like that could have God, life and stuff that. isn't that crazy i love that and i love that they're doing research like they that. that they know that I it's know. so like yeah every week we talk about damon lindelof so yes, good i know so good it's my favorite um but and we find out that because we know from earlier episodes that vites prison has been on a moon mm-hmm. and originally i thought it was the moon of mars but yeah. getting this confirmation that he's been on europa this whole time yeah was fantastic yeah super great and i know um that uh lindelof had like kind of confirmed that i think at some point like through you know like outside of this like, oh nice like but it wasn't for me i didn't like and i think chris had mentioned it to me that's how i knew but uh, well, I was re-watching the episodes and then that when you see um, Adrian on the moon doing <clears throat> writing stuff like with the bodies or whatever yeah they do you can see like Jupiter behind him like you see a planet and it's yeah. like and then and once he said it was Jupiter I was like oh it's totally Jupiter like you look at it and you go that's like the recognizable Jupiter that we know gotcha. like you know what I mean like so I was like oh duh <laughs> well and just attention to detail like that is is great yeah right so another thing that I thought was really great was um, we finally get a an origin for Ms. Crookshanks and Mr. Phillips. Mm, the I know. I the hundreds of clones that are living on Europa in yeah. this society. Um, they're they're Dr. Manhattan's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And I also love that this also um, connected back to his childhood. Yeah. Because we see when him and his father and I believe his mother as well, um, are, oh, no. they're staying in this castle, yeah. which we come to find out is the exact the castle yeah. that is on Europa that yeah. Vita's been staying in. Um, he meets this couple who I guess are like the proprietors of the manor. Yeah, it seems like it, right? Um, very, uh, very Monkswell manor, <laughs> in fact. That's a deep <laughs> cut just between the two of us. Um, shout out to... And not the rest of the audience listening. <laughs> no, not, not to anyone who would be listening to this. Shout out to Mousetrap and the casting crew who are part of that. Um, but I love that the proprietors of this manor were the real life Ms. Crookshanks and Mr. Phillips. Yeah, that was cool. I don't think we ever heard what their actual names were. No. So I'm assuming that was just what Vite named them. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I'm curious why he came up with that. But yeah, he yes. did, you know, at one point after he like killed, well, the first one we see him kill where he burns it alive in the Dr. Manhattan kind of style. Then like the next one who's right there, he's like, would you like to be the new Mr. Mr. Phillips? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's like, oh, okay, for some reason. It's just the the two, his two top, yeah, his two right. right hand people. But we see these people and they like sit uh john ends up watching them like get it on until they realize he's there and then they sit him down and they have this very adult conversation right? with this child yeah i know and they like have they're like oh we have a gift for all the kids that are staying with us and it's a bible yeah. and we could just again 
we could go on and on about the religious illusions in this episode so and funny. in this entire season. Yeah, but totally, I yeah. was really, I was almost touched by the moment that they had when they were talking about. It was um, so sweet. Yeah. Super sweet. Yeah. When they were like, you know, we were creating life. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the Miss Crookshanks, the Miss Crookshanks Prime, I'll yes. call her, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. goes like, when you leave here mm-hmm. and you grow up, Make something beautiful. Do that for me. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. And that set him forward to go to Europa, to make this new Garden of Eden, and to bring the two people who inspired him Mm -hmm. into it, making his Adam and Eve. And I, I loved that. Yeah, totally. I really, really dug that. Yeah, that was And we're really cool. getting all of these, again, like I'm just going down my list of reveals here. Yep. Um, he goes uh, before he is able to... Um, no, it's after the fight that he has with Angela. Mm-hmm. He decides to go to Manhattan, or uh, he de- decides to go to Adrian Veidt. And I loved going here because... The um the Antarctica base oh, was yes. the final set piece in the original Watchmen story, yeah. and getting to see all of it again, um the place where, uh, Vite threw Night Owl into a glass case. It's yeah. still broken. Yeah, how cool I loved is that? it. Like the details, totally. Yeah, it's so good. And then we get to see, um, not a blue dick, but it's gonna count. <laughs> so we got. Two counts on the blue dick counter. Wait, was the first one the... Oh, was it the play one? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Because we're not counting the dildo thing or whatever. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's like a technical... Like we set that off to... Like it's gotcha. a different category. Just um, Also... Uh-huh. Also... Um, yes. And I, f- I found this out because I was... Um, I was perusing Twitter. Yes. And another... Because I was like thinking of... And I'm going to rewatch all of the episodes before we watch the finale next week. I wanted to like think about the clues. Because there's got to be clues oh, God, throughout you, the season yeah. that Cal was Dr. Manhattan. Um, yeah. the, I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of the, the vibrator dildo whatever. Yes. That was absolutely made to scale for Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> um, do you know what the brand is? Or the... Uh, no, it wasn't the brand. It was the model type. No. Excalibur. No. <laughs> X Cal A bar. A bar. X Caliber. I told you Caliber. Oh my Cal-Bur. god, I love it. Oh, of course. I know, and then she always like hit, you know, was like hitting was, on him or like was hitting on him or, the yeah, whole time. Like, Your husband's sexy, you know, or whatever the heck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, it's totally one of those when they revealed that I was like, oh god, they had to do us that way. But in this scene where he shows up to Vite, I realized. Yaya Abdul-Mateen was the perfect person to play Dr. Manhattan because that dude is built. Yeah. That guy. And and we've seen it in like... Go ahead. (laughs) We've seen it in like um, in Aquaman and other roles that Mm -hmm. he's played. He's a a pretty built dude, but he is jacked. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's insane. It was funny when they did, when Adrian Veidt did do his little play for like the Dr. Manhattan and stuff. Mm. And it was, I had a moment when I was watching it where I was like, I thought they almost used maybe use a body double because, like the the actor who's playing him, I was like, okay, he's okay. But there's like a shot. Are where you they go, shaming Mr. Phillips right now? <laughs> they go wide at one point, and uh, you can't see his head. But then he was like jacked, like his body was just like you know muscles everywhere. And I was like, I think there's a body double. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I mean, hey, we 
And I, I just want to apologize to the actor who plays Mr. Phillips. I know you listen to, to this podcast every week, really and I'm really sorry that my guest co-host is shaming you for what I'm sure you what I'm sure is an eight pack you're keeping under there. Yes. So, but yeah. And I loved how Adrian like turns around and he instantly knows it's John, even though it's this completely different person. Oh yeah. And he's just like, you're the only person who would come to me dressed in only your bathing suit. Yeah. Or your birthday Birthday, suit. And he's just like, Oh, like he just doesn't even like, should I put clothes on? Should I put clothes on? Like I just, his delivery as oh, Dr. Manhattan so is everything. Yeah. He's so good. Really good. So another reveal here is that we finally get an origin for the reigning squids. Oh my gosh. The yes, squid I, storms. Yeah. And we I do fu- have questions about it, but yes. Yes. What are your questions? Well, okay. So we just, you know, following Angela's story, it's like we just recently saw the squids raining down, right? So that's so it's like if uh, if we know Adrian Veidt's now like every once in a while like keeping it up and raining the squids down or whatever, then it's like I don't know like was that something that he does so long in the future that like if he's not you know it's just where is Adrian right. where is Adrian <laughs> yeah and and it, again we're talking it, about like we don't know how long he's been there yes. and we don't know where his timeline places yes. with the rest of the. Uh, with the rest of the show. I know. I have and more I, notes on this. We do have notes on oh, this. We so we're going to talk about this. We're going to get there. But the, um, yeah, the, just that was a big thing that set off an alarm for yeah. me. So I was like, well, literally like in the first episode, right? We saw We saw, we saw the raining squids. Yeah. And so I was like, if he is doing this, then... But that tells me that somebody's somebody doing it. Yeah. I'm assuming it's Lady True. Mm. Just because she seems to like t- have taken up the yeah. mantle for him in a sense, yeah. but I loved that he's using the teleportation technology yeah. that he used to transport the giant squid to transport the, just this raining squids. raining squids all over the planet. Yeah. I loved getting an answer about that, yeah. um, and we also find out where Angela got the inhibitor yes. that essentially turned Doctor Manhattan into Cal, and we find out that she, that. Dr. Manhattan got it from Adrian mm-hmm. and that it was his plan A when when Manhattan came after him in the original story, which I love. I know, right? Because if, if you are unfamiliar with the story, um, when Manhattan found out that Adrian was behind everything, he went after him. He confronted him. Mm-hmm. And Adrian lured him into the same kind of... Uh, tachyon generator that turned him into Dr. Manhattan yeah. in the hopes that he could vaporize him yeah. and just he would kill him that way. Yeah. And obviously it didn't work because it's Dr. Manhattan. Yes. But I love that little um, that little nugget where he's just like that was plan B. Yeah. This was plan blow, A. Blow up. Yeah. <laughs> right. B for blowing you, you up. up. Yeah. I just Jeremy Irons is so good <laughs> at everything so good. he does. Um, cast. but we, we get to, uh, we get to him giving him the inhibitor and also yeah. we find out that this is where he was exiled essentially Yeah, because he's, he tells, 
and we see the aftermath of him succeeding in the original Watchmen story and that he is still unfulfilled. Yeah. Like he's just mindlessly watching the coverage around the world and is just like... They're still building bombs. He's disgusted by everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. And Manhattan basically gives him an out. He's like, I built paradise. Well, because he says like, am I ever going to see this utopia that I want to see? And he's like, well, I created a utopia basically. Mm -hmm. So like, and it is, it's like, if, if it's in his image like if what adrian is picturing supposedly it's like well yeah it kind of makes sense you go live in a place where people are just really kind they won't create war and they're also going to kind of worship him and that's like everything adrian Mm -hmm. wants right but again and we've talked about this in previous episodes it's also his own personal hell yeah which is dr manhattan finally succeeding in defeating him from the original story Mm -hmm. back in 1985 it made me wonder i was like did he is this like all of Again, like a Dr. Manhattan kind of plan. Like, is this literally like he was like, oh, yeah. He knew this was going to happen. He, he's like, years down the line, we're going to have this yeah. conversation. I would be really interested. And it has a lot of implications mm-hmm. for all of it. And yeah. just it recontextualizes everything that happens in the original yeah, book, totally. which I ah, I love. I love it. <laughs> um, so we get all of that revealed. Yeah, which real quick too, just because you mentioned it with the um, trying to blow him up thing, it was uh, tachyum. Is that what it's called? Yes. Um, so he would like put this device in that thing too, right? So is that something like that John can't see? Like that's something that he. So basically, like, yeah, they're and it's weird how it's like they a um, essentially, <laughs> but it really just becomes because. Uh, Dr. Manhattan has omnipresence. Mm -hmm. He exists at all points of time. Um, But the tachyon particles that created him also form kind of like his lead weakness. Because for those of you who aren't aware, Superman has weakness to kryptonite. However, his x-ray vision is also um, susceptible to lead. Anything that's lead-lined or whatever, he can't see through it, even gotcha. with his x-ray yeah. vision. Yeah. So in that way, another parallel to Superman, yes, um, the tachyon particles provide this black hole, okay, essentially, all right. so that he can't view. Interesting. He can live through seeing it, but he can't... It's it's basically blocked off to it's like in every video game where it's just like yeah. all right this is a door that i can't get through this is the one, like yeah. that's mentally mm-hmm. he just can't see it okay cool. so that is what just miniature miniaturized into this inhibitor what vite uses to seal him essentially yeah. which brings us up to modern day with manhattan getting woken up being turned back from cal into uh dr manhattan and i loved this I loved everything about this <laughs> um, because John is just, he's awake for the first time that he's been in 10 years and he's just like wandering around the house still with Cal's face, but just his head's shaved now and he's blue. It was cool um, to see confused Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, like they said. but that, that cool. and that's like, that's his normal state of being at all times when he is Dr. Manhattan oh, yeah. just because, and I mean, that's at least from my perspective, how it would feel. Because you're experiencing everything all at once and you're just like, where am I right now? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm here. I'm also there. But I'm here. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I'm here. Um, and again, we talked about it before with 
Angela and John's chemistry, their mm-hmm. dialogue. Yeah. Angela's just like, no, you need to focus up with what's happening here. Okay. And I like he he disappears. He's like, I have to check on something. And he leaves. She goes up and talks to the kids. And the kids are just like, there's a blue man floating or like floating on top of our pool. <laughs> and it just cuts to John, who's like staring at them from standing on the pool. And he just waves. waves. Just a wave. And kids disappear oh my gosh i for the briefest of seconds was like did dr manhattan create these kids oh my god and he just got rid of them that would be so awful heartbroken for a second and angela's just like motherfucker again runs down and she's like where the hell are my kids and i love Again, we're talking about Angela's A-type personality and their whole dynamic. She does not fear him. No, yeah. She does not, like, come to him where she's just like, you know, oh, I'm, like, in observance of your godlike power. Yeah, there's never been a wow factor, even, like, in the meeting. Like, none of this. And even when, because back in uh, the original Watchmen, like, Lori was still, like, in reverence of him. Yeah. So... We've never seen this no. kind of like relationship and interaction between the two, yeah, between right? Dr. Manhattan and someone else. Yeah. And I love that she just gives him attitude the entire time. She's like, you bring my kids back right now. <laughs> and he's just like, no, they're, they're with your grandfather. Like they're at the yeah. theater. And then we get to cut to another flashback. Oh, man. Where uh, we find out that before he became Cal, he went and he met Will Reeves in New York. Who, and I love this attention to detail here, um, was living in Captain Captain Metropolis' mansion. Because if you you weren't aware, loyal listeners, um, (laughs) along with every episode being released, they also released something online, like basically addendums and additions to something called the PDpedia. So Petey is um, Lori's FBI partner, and he's constant. Gotcha. Yeah, so he's constantly updating stuff because, as Lori says in the inf- in the intro to him, yeah. like he's basically in a, a Wikipedia of yes. knowledge of this universe. Um, it releases little tidbits and stuff. Seriously, that's so cute. Yeah, little tidbits, little extra lore, and I'm I, I am a lore this. hunter, and watch. I just yeah, you- oh, I love it. And you find out that. Um, Gardner did really regret the treatment that he gave to Will mm. for everything that came with the Cyclops and everything so much to, so that when he died, he left everything to Will. Oh, wow. Like they didn't speak again after that, after yeah. that moment of him killing like, the murders. I was wondering and I, I was absolutely, like, could... I absolutely yeah. wouldn't have if I was in Will's shoes either. I know. I was like, how do you forgive somebody like that? Like, yeah. So it was really interesting seeing that, but it's, yeah, that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah. So you find out that they never really reconciled, but mm-hmm. he left everything to will so will was like set for the rest of his life yeah he had means he was like he could just live a quiet life in new york which he was until manhattan showed up at his door yep and so he is having this uh concurrent conversation with him at the same time that he's having this conversation with angela oh and he's gosh. telling her like hey i'm having this conversation with your grandfather like right this now is, has so many interesting things in here i mean of course the big big one but like, even I just was like, oh, my God. Like, when he has, you know, he shows up looking like Cal. 
right? Right. And then he has to be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm Dr. Manhattan or whatever. It's like, I was like, that alone, when it goes back to, like, the very, like, freaking second episode or first episode when he was, second episode, where he's talking about, like, oh, I'm Dr. Manhattan. Like, his, you know, he's like, and he's yeah. like, yeah. And she was like, you can't look like, he's like, yeah, yeah it's he like, can he look can't like, do that. Yeah, he can look like a person or human or whatever. Yeah. And, and then the same even with um True, with Lady True. It's like, she says that at some point or, oh, no, uh, just the last episode where um she meets with a, with Angela. Um, Angela and then Angela you know she says like oh yeah he's been posing as like a person and Angela's like did you put that thought into my grandfather's head and it's like no he put it into mine is what she says yep. and it's like yeah cause he because he showed up oh it's just again oh my god like this is this is like lost done right oh yeah this is intricate oh, storytelling this is intricate writing yeah. that really this is that um, moment where you're like oh he's super... making up for everything yeah <laughs> This was this this was the conversation where I just leaned back in the chair. I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Because they're having this conversation, and Angela realizes, "Oh, he's having a conversation with my gra- grandfather." I've been wanting to talk to him this entire season. Yeah. I'm gonna take advantage of this. Tell him, ask him how he knew Judd was part of the Cyclops, and how he knows that, he or how he knew that he had a Klansman robe in his closet. And so Manhattan asks him this, and he goes, "You knew this right away. Who's you, like, you right away. As soon as she asked, I was like, like, you're like, no. And it took me forever. I was all like, what? This is a good question. <laughs> Can you quiet down? I'm and trying to listen. It, and then it's like, it's oh like it's classic time travel gosh. storytelling. So where good. That's he finds out because Angela asks the question. Yeah. And so I just. He's like, who's Judd? Yeah, and I just, I loved that. Like, <sighs> he finds out because of her. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, it just, it's so good. So good. And again, just the attention to detail, all of that is just incredible. I loved every second of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then, and again, in this moment where, like, I just, I laughed out loud. He's like, I'm hungry. And he disappears <laughs> back into the kitchen. She, every time she's like, motherfucker. Yeah, and she has yeah. to go run. It reminds me of, um, did you ever watch the uh, Justice League cartoon? Justice League. Oh, uh, a little bit. Not all the way. No, but a little bit. So there's an episode, um, I think it's called Kid Stuff, where like um, Morgan Le Fay and her son... I don't remember his name. Uh, They use magic to turn the Justice League into kids. And there's a moment where they're like, all right, we're going to go after this. And so it's it's Batman. um, So it's Batman, Green Lantern, Superman, and um, Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And they're like, all right, let's go. And Batman starts running. And Superman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern just fly ahead of him. And he's like, it's not a race. And it's like, that's just what it reminded me of. Because it's like, it's that classic, like, all right, Superman flies away and Batman's got to be like, all right, here we go. I'm jogging. And I just like having to catch up like in a relationship. Anytime like they have a fight, it's just like, whatever. Disappears away. You're like, God damn it. And you have to like chase him down. And then she runs into the kitchen and he's like, I'm making waffles. Like, I loved that. I absolutely loved it. So good. And then just her grabbing the eggs and throwing them on the ground. Yeah, just throwing it's like, uh, this so dynamic good. makes me so happy. Uh, I just want more of that. I just want an entire nine episodes of just them living together. I know. We only get one episode to really see like a good amount of their backstory before yeah. he's just like, poof. So then during this conversation, John finally reveals to her, hey, 
just so you know, cavalry's parked across the street. And it's like, watching this entire episode, I almost forgot yeah, right. that that you're was like, happening. Wait, you're like, what is she all upset about? <laughs> and she's just like, you chose now to tell me? Yeah. And she goes, she looks, and like, there they are. And we got this clue mm-hmm. from last episode. Yeah. It was them pulling up they at the very end, her, watching yeah. her come mm-hmm. home. Um and this was the really sad part for me, and I knew I was like, "Oh, this is gonna, this is gonna go bad," because he goes, "They're here to capture me. They have a tachyon cannon that they're going to use to capture me and kill me." And it's not like a "This is their plan." It's like because John never yeah. speak; he always speaks in absolutes. He yeah. speaks in "This is what's happening." Yeah. And again, it's a you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. But it's still like you don't want it to happen. Yeah. Totally. And I, um, as a quick side note, because I'm like scrolling through my notes and making sure I don't miss anything. Yeah. I loved that during these flashbacks when he's still um, Manhattan Cal mm-hmm. uh, before they put the little inhibitor in him. Anytime that he is having a conversation with someone, there's a there's a really subtle underglow of blue. Really? In his scenes, I noticed it in the conversation he was having with Vite mm, okay. when they're ha- when he's having that conversation with Adrian. Just like on his jawline, on his cheek, oh, there's just like blue showing onto it, and it's a really again, it's a subtle detail. I, you know, there was a couple moments where I thought like I would see him, and for a moment I thought he was kind of blue, and then I was like, oh no, he's not. So yeah. I wonder if I was catching it, but yeah. not realizing. And what it's it just was. like a blue reflection, but you never see it yeah. when he's Cal. Interesting. So I again. Touch the detail stuff I love. Yeah. But so um, they're having this moment where Angela, like, she's like, well, we have to, like... Yeah, we gotta fight it. We have to fight them. And he's like, do. there's no saving me. Yeah. And she goes and she, like, starts gearing up. Yeah. And I loved this moment mm-hmm. because... Um, this is your romantic, tragic this, the, It's the romantic... It's the star-crossed lovers <laughs> moment where he's like, this is the moment. And she's like, what are you talking about? And they reference earlier in the episode yeah. where um, they're having that first conversation during their meet-cute where he says, I love you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whoa, you're moving really quick. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, for me, like, I'm telling you I've I love always, you later yeah. on. Yeah. And she's just like, so there's no moment. You've just always loved me. Yeah, like, right. there no, that just exactly. takes everything, everything about that moment out of you know, context. And I love that he's just like, this is the moment. Yeah, and, they find and she's like, what are you talking about? And he explains to her in a very romantic way. Uh, he's just like, I, I, just, I just told you that there's nothing, you, there's can nothing you can do. You can't save me. And you're going to try anyway. Yeah. This is the moment that I fell in love with you. And I love her response where she's like, is that supposed to be romantic? Yeah, is that supposed to be romantic? <laughs> like, I just, I almost I almost wanted to be like, yes! <laughs> yes, it is! For us, it is. For us, watching this, it absolutely is. That's so funny. But again, the relationship is so good. And so she just, she gears up, she heads outside. And I was like, Angela can take one truck. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, seven other trucks yeah, show up, and I'm like, this is going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> so Angela basically goes the equivalent of Die Hard slash John Wick going up <laughs> against this, like, 7th Cavalry Battalion. Yeah, right. Where she's just gunning people down, yeah. like, dip, dodging, dipping, diving, and dodging. <laughs> Through the gunfire, like, in between vehicles, shooting people, taking their guns. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He was so it was cool. good. It was cool. I was like, all right, all right. And she 
does a great job yeah. up until a point yeah. where she is cornered. They rip the door off of the truck she's hiding in, and they get ready. This guy gun up to her, and I'm like, she's dead. Yep. Bye. And then all of a sudden, classic Watchmen style, this guy's head just explodes. Yeah. And he drops, there's Dr. Manhattan. Yep. And I'm like, oh, no. I know. You were supposed to stay in the house. And so this, and I have it in my notes here, I have it. This is word for word how I have it written in my notes. VFX budget here, blown. Because <laughs> you just see, they have been saving. This show right. has been very grounded. Yeah. Right. Not a whole lot of special effects. They were very well placed. This is where they were just like, we've been saving it for this episode. Like, we got a lot to put because on Because Manhattan just Please. starts blowing people up left yes. and right. Yes. There's a moment where he goes full Neo from the Matrix, stopping, <laughs> stopping like bullets. 12 bullets <laughs> and then just like exploding people. And, you know, he seemingly gets all of them, but the moment that he turns his back to the cannon, I'm like, they missed one. They missed one. They missed one. Something's happening. And um, Angela goes, she's like, we won. You were wrong. You were wrong. We did it. And he's like, no, I wasn't. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And the guy pops up, tacky on cannon. He gets forcibly ripped from that place. And what looked super painful, too. Super painful. Oh, my gosh. And it's, again, tragic. Yeah. It's so tragic because we knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. But, again, just it doesn't prepare you emotionally for no. that. And so what I loved was that it takes us right after that moment where tragedy strikes. Yes. Everything is awful. Um, the The heroes have lost. We go right back to that moment mm-hmm. that they were having a conversation and he's telling her, like, will you have dinner with me tomorrow? And yeah. that's been like a through line throughout the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And he finally, like, stands up to talk to her and she's like, she finally says yes. Yeah, right. She finally says yes. Right. It's just like um, basically like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Again, she's like, what the hell? And, um, and I completely missed it here, but, um. They were talking about, uh, during their meet-cute, her favorite song. Oh, yeah, being the Tunnel, Tunnel of Love. Love. And I love that moment where she's just like, I have never heard this song that before. That was so good. And you, so funny. you have to assume like that became her favorite song because yeah. that was the song where they met. And it yeah. also describes their relationship. Yeah. It was literally, they went in, they were in the tunnel for 10 years, mm-hmm. and they came out. And they had to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Um, one also yeah. quick thing... Uh, they mention the possibility of him transferring his abilities. Yeah, super interesting, right? I know. Very I, I important, a, too. We have, like, a few things that I feel like either don't get answered in this episode or, like, again, this is creating more questions almost. But, yeah, yeah. this whole thing where he can pass his powers to mm-hmm. something. Like, Which we know is the plan for the 7th Cavalry to turn Joe Keen into Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. So how is it... How are how do they convince Manhattan to do this? How do they, I guess... I guess is it going to be a force? It has thing? to be a forcibly yeah. thing. Were there other things? Is there anything we haven't touched on before we get to the post credit stuff? Um, I'm, well, let me look real quick. I, I know like that one that was very specific about like it had to be organic. Yeah. And then you can consume it. Like you could put it into the egg. Yeah. And then she if she ate, ate the egg, ate she would get his powers. They were very specific on that, so I kind of was like, okay. Yeah, and well. that's gonna—that's definitely gonna pay off. Next yeah, episode right. For You're sure. like, this is gonna come up. Um, 
Let's go to the end one because then we'll have yeah. Let's go to let's go to post okay. credits, which none so, of us saw coming. None of us saw coming, honestly. So I, you know, after at as soon as like the episode goes to credits, normally at least from when we've watched it on the HBO um, Go app. As soon as it goes to credits, it shows you how many minutes are left. Yes. Typically, it's like a minute, yeah. two minutes left yeah. as soon as the credits hit. There was like f- five, six minutes left. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. I was like, is it just going to be a really long preview? Right. I had the like, most random, just you know, barely, barely thought about it. We were just like, oh, that looks longer than normal. And then just like, move on. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm just like thinking, I'm like going through my notes. And all of a sudden, I hear voices. And I'm like, oh, wait. Oh. That's a Crookshank's voice. Wait, that's Mr. Phillips. Wait, what's happening? And so we find out that we get a post-credits scene. Classic superhero stuff nowadays. Now it's commonplace. We get a post-credits scene where Vite is being publicly shamed. <laughs> He's like tied up like crucifix style. And I thought they were going to like hang him. I thought they were killing him. What is going I know the noise too because they yeah. did the noises before you saw what was it, going on. I thought for sure they were like stabbing him something or something. Yeah. So you come to find out that like each one of the Crookshanks and Phillips come up to him. They're like, Master, will you stay? Yeah. And he says no. And then they just splash, or they just splot a tomato in his face. <laughs> and it's just a like public shaming thing. It's completely, yeah, so random. Like, I loved it, so though. Funny. It's just because it makes a lot, like, a lot of the stuff that has happened throughout the uh, Adrian Veidt sequences, it makes no sense. Yes. It's random. It's so great. It's visually appealing, though. Yeah, right. And so we, um, we then cut to Adrian in his cell. And we find out that the game warden mm-hmm. was the very first Mr. Phillips. He was yes. the Adam of Adam and Eve. Yes. Which begs the question, what happened to Eve? Yeah, right? And how did he become this game master warden guy? And why is he the only one that can grow facial hair? Yeah, yeah. He's had this pencil mustache stash. this whole time. I know. And I'm like, how did you get that? Why is that is artificial? Why is this? <laughs> Did Dr. Manhattan create a a mustache for him? Um, But yeah, so he tells, uh, he he basically complains about about Vite. And there's this great line, and I'm going to completely butcher it. But he's like, why is heaven not enough for you? And I loved that line because that cuts right into who Adrian Vite is as a character. Totally. Because he thought that, and he mentioned it, Earlier in the season, he's like, I thought this place was paradise, yeah. but it's a, prison. it's a prison. It's his own personal hell because nothing changes, nothing can progress. Yeah. And Adrian Veidt, much like uh, Lady True, is a futurist. He yeah. is constantly looking forward. He's constantly trying to better the place that he's in. Yeah. So what happens when he's in a place that can't get any better? Yeah, right. His whole way of life is now stunted. Yeah. And so there, there's even a line I think he says where he's like, Eight billion people, like my children, are, my back, children home, are back home, yeah. and eight billion people are crying out for me oh, because know. he has such a savior complex. Totally. And yeah, you're just like, ugh. This yeah, guy. It's so it's, just but, so ugh. good. And he's also in this cell, and I wanted to make a note of this. He's reading a book that's entitled Fog Dancing. Oh, you saw it? I was looking for it this whole time. Yes. So it's called Fog Dancing, and it is a real fictional book in this universe. (laughs) A real fictional. Written by the same author who wrote the comic book Black Freighter, 
which if you are familiar with the original Watchmen comic was kind of the comic within a comic telling about um, basically this um, this man who is on a ship crew in the 1800s and he is um, he's stranded on a desert island because of the Black Freighter, which is supposed to be like this ship of the damned. And it's one of these situations where he is um, constantly put through temptation on this island when he's just trying to get home. And, you know, a lot of terrible stuff happens and he Mm. finally just gives in and becomes a crew member of the Black Freighter. And it was supposed to be like this subliminal, like pairing up with... um, Vite's kind of mentality it was supposed to be like an analog for him becoming the villain to be a hero. Mm, okay. And um, okay. the author of that book was also one of the people who worked with um, Adrian Vite to create the giant squid. Oh, interesting. And the book Fog Dancing is basically about this, um, and he says it's about loneliness and all this stuff, but the main lesson of that book, and again, this is really deep cut stuff that most people are not going to know. And I only know because I am a lore hunting loser, but well, that's uh, why we love it because yeah. it's like, let's get these little extra reveals and it's cool. They throw this stuff in for people who are weird like you. Thanks. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, and the, the main crux of the book fog dancing is the idea of sometimes to breed life. Um, there must first come death which is a big theme of this episode mm. where Dr. Manhattan had to die for Cal to live and Cal had to die for Dr. Manhattan to live life oh, through rebirth, like life through death, all that stuff. So that was a really like, I don't think it's going to like come into play, but it's a real nice like theming yeah. type deal. Yeah, totally. But my favorite part of the scene is when the game warden brings in the cake. <laughs> Brings in another cake, and we yes. we have been waiting for the cake to come back come since like I think it was the second or third episode. Oh my god, yes! And I was like cake. And cake. Adrian like looks at him and just says, "If you are going to sing, for he's, he's a, a jolly, jolly good, good fellow, fellow, like basically like I'm gonna put my head through a wall." Yeah, and I loved that attention to detail. I know. And then they're even just like Miss, Mrs. Crookshanks, Mr. Phillips insisted I bring it. <laughs> Love. They are loyal to the end it's for him. So funny. And so. Um, and I was desperately counting candles, as you knew. We were like, like trying to like, really count many? the candles because again, we're like, this is matter. This matters. Yeah. This is matter. I was like, how many? How long has it been? How long? So I. And I didn't really, like, pick up on that until you, like, started telling me, like, how many candles are there? And I was like, why is she? And so we started counting them. And I'm assuming they have to be, like, every year. Yeah. Right? It's got to be. So um, it wasn't until my second watch, for some reason, that I didn't pick up that, yeah, every time they've brought out this cake, there's been another candle. The first time there was one candle, then there was two, then there was three. And I didn't even catch that. Nope. At the time that you, when they're all bloody and dead in the room, like, when he, you know, rebirths, like, two new ones and then, like walks into like the room and they're all dead everywhere right the cake is there and the candles are very low but there are four candles ah <laughs> it was so it was like one of those things where i was like oh okay so we clearly are seeing the passage of time we're seeing years it's right. like an anniversary thing um but then he had his uh trial you know because that was short which took a year yeah and they said they're like this is the 365th day of this trial and i was yeah. like oh my gosh where's the cake <laughs> so then theoretically He's, in the yeah. In the Vite timeline, he's now been there for six years. Yes. 
but that's still that's that still he's four years exactly because this is 10 years later that we're in like right. from when he got put there mm-hmm. so that was the big question for me it was i was like oh my gosh okay so then yeah like see and that's so interesting because me and chris have been asking every week we're yes, just like constantly. where is when his timeline and is we're he? just like we have no yeah. like idea yeah. but we if we had just been paying attention like you obviously were well because like, I, I was with you though like those first like three cakes they bring out or whatever that we see and they sing it every time and yeah clearly he's upset about it but yeah. i literally at some point was like god this is like a daily routine for them no wonder he's like annoyed or something but mm-hmm. then it wasn't until watching again and then realizing like oh no they are showing passage of time like he has all his notes and like plans out for when he was building the catapult and things like there's there are these like little clues that it's like oh okay oh, it's, so it's good. been a year it's been a, so i was like dang so he's clearly you know you guys were on it about him being in a different time i think but i mean now we now know that there is a lineup definitely yeah we now have a connection that like when he decides when dr manhattan decides that he's gonna lose his memory mm-hmm it's like when he also put Adrian Veidt here. And we have an official start point, too, because yeah. we didn't know how long he'd been there. Exactly. So now it's like, so it's six years. So, and now he it assumes by the end of this post-credit scene, he gets a horseshoe. Right. Which- so, which I, oh, I loved. So, okay, this is the thing. This is the thing I loved. It's, in, that horseshoe was in the first episode. Mm-hmm. So and you know it. Yeah, oh, it's so good. So he he goes he goes to look. He's looking at the cake. He's looking at the six candles. The first time that we got a clear shot that there were six candles, and he sees the horseshoe. Yeah, it's just a little metal. And back in the very first episode, they brought a cake with a horseshoe in it, and he tells Mister Phillips, "Yes, he brings him the horseshoe," and he's just like, "I don't need this yet." Yeah, he says that. He says that. So this has been a long time coming. So did he plan this? Did Dr. Manhattan plan this? No idea. So there's So he gets the horseshoe and he starts like desperately like digging. Does he spend the next four years in the Vite timeline digging his way out with this horseshoe? Yeah, here's yeah, exactly. Or does he get back and we don't know it and he's somewhere around right now? Right. Because right? now that we have that, we have that start point for him. Yeah, he was there for six years. Where so in the Vite timeline, we're up to six years. But in we'll call it the um, we'll call it the the A bar timeline. A bar. Mm-hmm. So we got the Vite timeline, the A bar timeline. So the Vite timeline's been six years. The A bar timeline up to present day, it's been ten. Yes. So we have we still have we only have one episode left, yes. but a missing four years. Yes. So I'm really excited to see what happened. <laughs> I know. And then there's, um, so the question of two of like, he put, uh, you know, on the moon, his message, that, the whole save me. Right. Which the, um, the satellite saw. Yes. Who was he talking to? But did you notice too, it took me until literally again, watching um, the like previously on that it's a save me and there's a D afterwards. Is there? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Previously, it was like, no. took me until previously on episode where I'm just like barely watching it. And then I like looked and I had to like rewind and go back. And it's clearly just right at the edge of the frame, there's a D. So it's a more. It's save me D. Uh, so what's your guess? I don't know. What? Mm, do we know Lady True's first name? We don't. I don't think so. I don't think they've. So it could be a D. 
Yes. Her name could start with a D. Could be a D. Um, what do you... Because th- I feel like you have a theory. Well, I, what do you think so the D I told, is? I pointed this out to Chris because he had, he didn't you know notice it either. Right. So then I pointed it out to him. And it still has to do with Lady True because he said daughter is what... Because, you know, his thought is that he, right. he's the... So, and I, I... But my first thought was Dr. Manhattan. Oh, maybe. But but, I, but he also put him yeah, there. So. I know. So, but And I was like, so would he be smart enough to not? Or And maybe it's just a D. Like, and you're right. Maybe it's like somebody out there who would know D, like maybe, maybe. Lady True or something. But it, there's definitely a D. I'll like show okay. you afterwards. There's definitely a D. I'm going to get shown the D. <laughs> no, but I'm, I, oh my God. And every, like, I feel like every week I'm yeah. like, this is my, this is my, fa- this is my favorite episode. This is the best oh, episode I of the know, season. and it keeps getting better. And it's like every episode. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's so good. It's so good. Every time I'm like, okay, here's, and here's more, and here's more. And it's just like, what, what is going on? <laughs> so, um. <sighs> Final thoughts on this week's episode. Anything oh that we didn't cover in your notes? I know. I'm trying to read. I still have no idea what Savage Fall 2009 means, but... <laughs> We're going to find out next episode. Uh, yeah, fi- it's right. going to come... That's where the D comes you from. Know, the I... D! Savage! Savage! You know what? An interesting thought, though, was just that whole idea with like Dr. Manhattan coming to Adrian Veidt and being like, and basically wanting to become human. I thought that was really interesting in the first yeah. place, right? Like, I mean, that was kind of a, like, yeah, I don't know. Especially because they had left on such, I would say, bad terms. Yeah. Last time they saw each other, mm-hmm. you know, Adrian Veidt had just killed three million people. Yeah. Um, and it's it's weird that like of course he would come to him because Adrian would have the means. Yeah. But I would also I would love to know where everybody else is from the original story. Yeah, I know. And I mean realistically yeah, that's just it's Night just Lori and um, Night Owl. Yeah. And they like, and on the rewatch I got a barely mention of him. Like he's right? he's in prison. Yeah, that's from, what we've got. From what yeah. we know. That's all. It was just like, yeah, because that's how they get Lori to go, right? Yeah, that's how they get... Well, that I'm assuming that's how they got Lori onto the FBI in the first place, oh, where it was like, you could either be locked up with him or you could yeah, come work for us, catching other people like you. That makes a lot of sense. And then, um, yeah, and just when the senator goes to talk to her and tells her to go down to Tulsa. Yeah. And then he just oh, says... That's right. Yeah, he, he says, With the like, promise of pardoning him. Yeah, he's like, he, the president can pardon anyone. You, yeah. could tech, you know, and he says something about, like, it could get your owl out of the cage or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the throw to it. So, it's, yeah, really interesting there. Yeah, it's just, this episode was so good. And it makes you really not just want to rewatch the previous episodes, mm-hmm. but also makes you want next Sunday to come super quick. Yeah. Oh, the only thing I've yes. I'm glad I saw. We did have a mention where uh, John says, um, you needed to see me walking on water, walking on the pool. Yes. He did yes, make I'm that glad, comment. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because that is going to be important. That's got to be something, right? Because he said, you know, I'm... You needed to see Yeah, me. you needed to see me standing on the pool. Yeah. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something along those lines. So I... Yes. And I think, that, I think that also called back to their initial conversation. Yeah. Because she said something about like... You can walk on you, water. You can walk on water. And he's just like, God. sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. So I... So unless he was just confused still and he was maybe. just like, you know, like, you needed to see me here. And she's like, yeah, so you could see me walk on water. But you. that's... I think that's going to come into play for sure. Yeah, right? It's so gotta... now that we've covered this episode, that's going to cool. be it for this week's episode. Cool. That's um, 
predictions for next week's episode. <sighs> what we got the most bare bones preview oh where it's just like flashes, flashes of people, flashes of faces. What do you think is going to happen? Ugh, I got nothing from that preview. Nothing at all, like, which is good. I mean, because like, I don't want anything yeah, from that preview. Yeah, there was things that I was like, oh, that's... But I just, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm still trying to figure out desperately if True is... Lady True is working with the 7th Cavalry. My thought is that, like, my just, like, want or thought, I don't know, is that she isn't and that she yeah, is working I against I still it. think no. I know, but there's just, there's a couple setups that lead to like, it's like, you know, even her telling her that, she, you know, telling, um, gosh, I keep draw Angela that, uh, you know, Dr. Manhattan's with somebody on, on this earth or whatever. It like, right. it led Angela to go home, which then we saw the seventh cavalry outside. Like, that's true. You know and I mean? how, like, and how did the seventh cavalry know that he was on earth to do their plan in the first yeah, place. Exactly. Like how did they have this kind of intel? Yeah. Um, you know, when we have seen that they have her stuff, they're using her right, her uh, uh, merchandise, her yeah, tech. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Even um the lettuce truck when uh uh, mirror, mirror guy. <laughs> mirror guy. Looking glass. Looking glass. The second best character next to Red Scare. <laughs> when he, I love Pirate Jenny, I gotta tell you. <laughs> pirate Jenny's, well, you're a pirate person. So, for those of you who don't know Jessica, Jessica is an obsessed pirate fan. She, and it's so funny, I met Jessica doing a pirate show. Um, she has a large pirate flag in her home <laughs> and also has a skull and bones tattoo uh-huh. as well. Yeah. So she is a huge pirate fan. So it is no Captain Morgan is she, you can call her Captain Morgan. <laughs> um, it is no surprise that you love pirate Jenny. I know, <laughs> but it's okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, I'm totally off track. But uh, so even with uh, Looking Glass, when he was like first coming upon the church or whatever, and he like looked at the lettuce truck, there was true technology he pulled out too. Like he lettuce true box, put it back. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. I know. Oh, so she could be funding them. Yeah. So that's the question. Yeah. It's kind of Uh, in the back of my mind where I'm like, I don't want it to be that way. It's going to be something like, oh, it's the daughter or the the daughter clone. Oh, that. Ooh, I like that. I I don't know. Like trying to like fight her programming or like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm my own person or something. Interesting. So my, but my overall thought prediction for this, like there was, um, it was last episode when we saw Angela coming out of her, her uh, taking the, the pills and stuff and her overdosing, basically. Yes. Um, there was, like, we got to see a speech that Lady True gave, and there was a couple times where she talked about, um, you know, she talked about the failure that she had through nostalgia. Right. And she was saying, I wanted people to be able to um, face their past, move forward stronger. Instead, they wanted to just relive it and relive it because they felt mm-hmm. like their trauma um, like made them who they were and stuff. There's a couple of themes that she said different things like that and her changing the world and stuff that I kind of think that she's tra- going to get rid of everyone's trauma. She's either going to like... Oh. Yeah, she's either going to mess with people's memories to the point where they don't... They can't remember their traumas. They can't remember traumatic memories. Yeah, or bad memories or something. Or she has the cloning technology so she might just wipe everyone out and then get just give them the memories that are good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just had that thought where I was like, oh, that's maybe... Really, so that's what you think the Millennium Clock is, is for. Yes, so that's my thought on the Millennium just Clock. Just like a mass genocide. Yeah, something wow. like that. Whether it's genocide or it is like a thing that can take out specific memories. Something... I just think that, that for her... 
and even looking at Adrian Veidt and things like that, it's because these people, you know, like the squid thing too, even it's like, you yeah. know, it was, it was supposed to band everybody together. But now we have people who are sitting there in groups talking about the trauma of the squid and how that's even passed on through them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like my parents were there for the squid and now I feel like I have their trauma. Like yeah. there's been this theme kind of throughout about these traumatic trauma. events. Yeah, and even right. Yeah. And us even seeing like the memories and being like, okay, like these people are defined by this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's an overarching theme that I really enjoy. And I'm wondering if that's what's going to play into the end with Lady True, is that it's something that's kind of the idea behind it. Right. So, so you're saying that you enjoy trauma and people yeah, going through traumatic experiences. Yeah, I really experiences. enjoy watching people suffer. Great. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's a great shout. I think that the themes of trauma really have been... Um, prominent but understated yeah because a lot of i think a lot of people could miss Mm -hmm. like the through line of trauma throughout the show because i mean there's so many things that trauma inspired like yes uh, the birth of hooded Mm -hmm. justice will reeves yes totally came out of that traumatic event of being almost lynched by his fellow police officers exactly which arguably really kicked off everything oh yeah for the entire or, Watchmen universe. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even for then that specific character, you go back to um, the Tulsa uh, Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like even that, like, you know, could have be like that could have started his yeah. trauma to make him angry enough that he, you know, did these certain things or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's kind of this idea of like, and then it passing on, you know, we see Angela being, you know, an angry person now and stuff. And like, she has her own reasons. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just to me, I, I wonder if that's coming into play. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is. I feel like Definitely. even like the, even possibly with the elephant thing, I'm like, maybe she was taking the traumatic parts and putting it into like an elephant or, you know, like other like animals, like yeah. maybe take, cause you have to place the memory somewhere right. it seems. So yeah. I was like, maybe that's part of that. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting a lot of even more reveals yes. next episode. We're going to find out what the Millennium Clock's about. We're going to find out how the 7th Cavalry, Cavalry plans to turn Senator Keene into Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out what happens ultimately to Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Um, we're going to find out that he had a secret... Uh, safeguard where he placed a bit of himself into another human, that being Red Scare, yeah, of course. who's going to save the day at We're the end of the story. Yeah. Um, when they think they've destroyed him, he's going to be like, "No, there is another." And there then Red another. Scare becomes Doctor Manhattan, and it's I'm holding on to this You're until the finale credits roll. Okay. By the way, really good catch on when you saw that Looking Glass, like when they went to his bunker, or whatever, and there was a mask missing. Really good catch on that. I did not catch that. I he is really going to pop up. He oh, is yeah. going to pop yeah. up. And if it hadn't been for you, I, I don't know if I would have caught that, to be honest. Like, it was such a throwaway. It was such, like, a quick, like, oh, wait, one of them doesn't have a mask. Like, literally, that's all they gave us. Yeah. And I and, was like... And oh. again, it's like, it's those things that you have, like, you pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it re- again, it rewards you for paying attention to watching the episodes. Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, you, you caught all the candle stuff. Yeah. I never caught the candles. Yeah. Like, so that's... I'm really excited. I'm sad though it's bittersweet it's because end. i've been really enjoying doing this every single sunday yeah, and i'm sad that next week is gonna be it's gonna be it it's That's gonna be it. over no more so um do you have any last predictions before we go forward um besides red, red scare, scare than- uh, saving the day as uh <laughs> dr manhattan um i think we're definitely gonna find out where looking glass has been mm-hmm. um we're gonna get 
I, I'm going to throw a crazy prediction out there. Yeah. Um, Mine was crazy. Go ahead. Senator Keene is not going to get Dr. Manhattan's powers. Angela is. Ooh. And then we're, and I think we're also going to find out where Adrian's been for the last four years. Yeah. So those are my predictions. Um, Do you think he's dead or alive? I think he's alive. Yeah. I think he's somewhere. I have this thought uh, just because they said they pronounced him dead. I was like, oh, what if he is actually dead? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Just a thought. But then also That's... she, Lady True said, like, my father will be here soon. And, of course, yeah. we keep assuming it's I, him. I still think it's him. But <laughs> who knows? I'm who with knows, you. Really? I've been assuming. I've been like, it's him. But I don't, we don't know yet. So we, we will find out next week. Who is her father? Um, who is your father? He is um, not the father. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tune in for Mor- Mori Povich, Watchmen edition. <laughs> we will find out whether he is the father. Yes. Um. I'm really, again, I'm really excited, really kind of sad, though, as well. This has been fun. This is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to see next week's episode. Once again, I want to thank Jessica for jumping in when exactly when we needed her in our hour of need to uh, like co-host this. Like a <laughs> minute man! And minute woman. Minute woman, thank you. Um, oh, no, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, <laughs> really so... Um, Definitely drop your uh, your predictions if you want to. Feel free to uh, send them to either of our social medias at Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. That's GeekSplainedPod. Or through email, because I'm an old man, I still read emails to GeekSplained at gmail.com. Uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Really, really excited. Um, every single week, it just gets better and better. And we can't wait to be let down next week. It's going to be the worst episode. No, so um, tune in next week for the finale of not just Watchmen, but also watching the Watchmen. And uh, for now, no, I'm going to do that again. So uh, (laughs) this is two um, weeks in a row redoing the I know. And I'm, I'm one week ago. I'm redoing the segment. I'm redoing the outro. But I'm also right now redoing the outro i'm also one week from now i get it it's relative redoing it relative? but it's the me, outro it's like a week ago to you it's right now but to me it is last week tonight and also next week so tune in next week for which is also for me right now for the finale of watching the watchman same geek time same geek channel which is all relative, of course. But for now, for Geek Explained, this is Eric Azana. And Jessica Morgan. And we will see you next time.